Well, hey everyone, thanks for checking out this message from Journey Church. These resources are so awesome to have when you're out in nature like we are and you gotta go be outside on these nice days. However, we want you to know that there is nothing better than true fellowship with believers and live worship with your fellow Christians. So be sure to use this message only in conjunction with getting fed in a community of believers. Hey, we also want you to get connected with us, so be sure to text the word CONNECT to 307-271-9160 so that you can stay in the loop with everything happening at Journey Church and get notifications about upcoming events. Hey, we pray that this message encourages you and inspires you as you continue this life on your walk with Jesus. Welcome to church today. It is great to have you. Happy Father's Day, if that, uh, if that applies to you today. Um, I hope it's a good day for you as you celebrate, uh, celebrate dads. I know that uh, for sometimes the uh, Father's Day can be a painful thing, uh, depending upon the relationship with you had with, that you have with your dad, or perhaps your dad is gone. And um, I hope that the Lord just ministers deeply to you here today. Uh, the message title we have today is called Man Up. We are taking a break from the uh, Ten Commandments series. We'll get back to that next week. And I want to just focus on what God's Word says about being a godly man here today, whether you're a father or not. What does it mean to man up and live according to God's principles? Let's pray. And let's dive into this message today. Father, thank you so much for the privilege we have of opening your word. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit would be in this place and that you would speak to our hearts and that we would honor you by listening to your word, but also by wanting our lives to change and reflect you. Father, help us today to understand what it means to be men who stand up, who show up, and really who are, are ones who will man up. I pray, Father, that you would teach us, that you would be here, and that you would help us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we want to focus on dads today, and as we start this, we have to understand that dads are are uh, varieties of things to us. Uh, one, dads are goofy at times. Dads are unemotional. Dads can be heroic, and dads are absolutely necessary in life. Let me just share with you a little bit about dads being goofy. This has become a cultural phenomenon now that we have this thing that we call dad jokes. So I need to share with you a few dad jokes as we begin the message here today. So just, just listen and appreciate the wisdom of these dad jokes here as I share them with you today. Um, why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? In case they get a hole in one. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Okay, you're not all laughing. I don't know why you're not laughing at that. Uh, singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth and then it becomes a soap opera. Okay, thank you. Okay, that's good. All right, um, what, what do a tick and the Eiffel Tower have in common? They're both parasites. Okay, uh, that, that was good. That was really good. What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? So fish-ticated. Okay, that, that was a good one. All right, I like that one. What do you call a factory that makes just okay products? A satisfactory. 
Okay, we'll stop there. All right, that's that's enough of that. Dads are goofy, and uh, I hope you are a dad who shares dad jokes because that's one of the joys in life when you have kids is to share dad jokes. Dads can be unemotional. Dads are not really the same as, as moms, and that's the way God has wired us. We're not the same. Uh, and God has put us together, husband and wife, because we are not the same and because we bring uh, strengths and abilities into a relationship. You know, dads are also heroic. Uh, three of the common things that dads need to do are to open, uh, open jars, they are to fix things, they are to kill bugs and snakes, and those are all things that dad does. I, I did all three of those things yesterday. I felt very good about myself and my accomplishments yesterday, opening a jar that was stuck, and that was really just an accomplishment that only dad can do. Mom can't do that. Dad was able to do that. I helped my daughter fix something on her garage door yesterday, and so that's something a dad has to do, is to be able to fix those things. And most impressively yesterday, I took care of a dead snake that was in our front yard. And if you know how much I hate snakes, you would have laughed when you saw me grab a, a rake and just hold it out as far away from me as I could and then launch it over to the fence into the neighbor's yard. You, so you would have appreciated that. It's not actually a yard, it's a pasture. So, uh, but it's not my problem anymore, it's their problem now. Dads are really necessary. In our society, one of the problems that we are having is because men, especially dads, have not shown up and manned up and been there the way that they needed to be there. I was reading an article yesterday from the Institute for Family Studies, and I want to share a little bit of this article from you. This research shows just how incredibly important dads are. And if you're a dad, you have an important role in not only your kids' lives, but in society. If you're not a dad, but maybe you're going to be someday, remember this, keep this in mind, that you are going to be an important aspect in your kids' lives someday. Maybe you'll never have kids, but maybe you'll have uh, nieces or nephews. Maybe you'll have uh, uh, young kids that you will mentor and be there in their lives. You play an important role as a man in our society. Here's what some of this research showed. Fatherlessness is contributing to a whole host of problems, including crime, the dropout rate, and poverty. Listen to some of these statistics. 25 million children, that's 33%, live in homes that don't include fathers. Do you know that in 1960, that number was only 11%? We have tripled since 1960. Now it's from 11%, gone up to 33%. Do you know that it's much higher in minority communities? 58% of black children and 31% of Hispanic children are living apart from their fathers. While both boys and girls are negatively affected by these statistics, and they're negatively affected by the impact of an absent father, the research shows that boys are being hit especially hard, that it affects boys far more than it affects girls. And the result of growing up without fathers in the home is leading boys to become young men who are threats to themselves and to their communities. The report has found that boys growing up without dads are twice as likely to end up in jail. 
Now, you may not have a father in the home, but maybe you have, you have uh, there's uncles or maybe there's grandparents that can be a huge influential part of their lives. But boys growing up without a father in the home are twice as likely to end up in jail, half as likely to graduate from college, and 80% more likely to be idle in their mid-20s. What that means is without jobs and without going to school. So they're doing absolutely nothing. One of the most shocking statistics found in this report was that divorce, which almost always results in the father leaving the home, has a greater negative impact on kids than the death of a parent. More powerful than the death is a divorce where they no longer have the father there in the home. One of the authors of this study, Dr. Brad Wilcox, made this statement. He said this, What we found in this research is that boys who are being raised apart from their fathers are likely to be floundering today in our country and falling behind in school, failing to launch into life and running afoul of the law. The most concerning fact, though, of all of this was the research that shows that this tends to be a repetitive and an escalating cycle. What do I mean by that? Well, boys who grow up with their, without their dads are more likely to not be a presence in the lives of their children when they have them someday. And so the problem will just continue and carry on and escalate further in life unless something is done to break the cycle, unless men stand up, show up, and man up in the way that they live out their lives. So dads, today I want to encourage you to love God, to love your wife, to always tell the truth, to stick up for those that are in need, and to never give up. One in four children in America today live lives without an active and involved father. And so men need to stand up, step up, show up, and man up. What we're going to look at today is some verses out of the book of Ezekiel. Now, the verses in Ezekiel are not necessarily dealt with the context that I'm going to use them today. What I did when I read through this was I found it intriguing, and it caused me to ask myself some questions of what would a man look like according to what God is saying. So I want today to look at Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 29 through 31. Now, the context of what was going on, society and the nation was a mess. There, were, there was a sense of wickedness. The hearts had grown cold. There was evil and lawlessness. God was looking for men to stand in the gap, men to stand in the breach of brokenness and the cracks of society. But God could find none And as a result of him finding none, he was going to pour out his wrath upon that nation. The wrath of God will be poured out against the wickedness of the world, of the nations, of society, of culture, and the land. But he was looking for men who would stand in the gap. So the question that just jumped out to me as I was reading through this was, well, what would that look like? God, what does it look like to have men who will stand in the gap, men who will man up? How can we be that today in our society? How can we be men who will stand up, God, for your truth? How can we stand and be who you want us to be in the society in which we, were, we are in? Well, there are some key char- characteristics that we're going to look at, but let's look at this Scripture together, Ezekiel 22, verses 29 through 31. It says this The people of the land 
have used oppressions. They have committed robbery and have mistreated the poor and the needy, and they wrongfully oppress the stranger. So think of it in our context today. The people of the land have grown far apart from God. They have turned their backs on God. The land has become evil. The land has become despicable. The land has become filled with cold, hard hearts. So what's going to happen? He, God says this, so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall. So, so build a foundation. Stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But notice these words. God says this, but I found no one. I didn't find anyone. I was looking and I didn't find anyone. Now again, the context that God is talking about really is a lot of the end times things that are going to be happening, but he was looking for those who would stand in the gap. He didn't find anybody. Well, again, what does it look like to have men who will stand in the gap, who will make a wall before God in the land? How can you be different than everybody else in the culture? God goes on to say this, therefore, since I didn't find anyone, I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. What does it mean to be a man who would stand in the gap, a man who would stand up, show up, and man up for God? Well, there are four characteristics that we are going to look at today to be that kind of a man. Characteristic number one, if you're taking notes, is this, that God looks for decisive men. Decisive men. What does it mean to be a decisive man? It's one who says, I have decided. And when I make a decision, I will stick to this decision. I have decided. Remember the old song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Men who are decisive. A great example of this is in the Old Testament in the book of Joshua. Joshua standing before the nation of Israel and the Israel the Israelites had a choice that they could make and that is will they follow God or not. Joshua said this to them. He said this, now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Don't do the false gods, follow the true God. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that are on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Notice those last words. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What's that about? That is about Joshua saying we have decided that we will serve the Lord. And it starts personally with Joshua. I have decided that I will follow the Lord. I'm not going to get it caught up into the false gods of this world. Now, the false gods of that day looked a little bit different than the false gods of our day, but they're just false gods nonetheless. You may be saying this, or he may be saying this to you. Do not follow the false god of society. Don't follow the false god of fame. Don't follow the false god of materialism. Don't follow the false god of culture. Instead, choose to follow the Lord. And Joshua says this, as for me, I'm going to do that. But it's not just me. I'm making a decision for my household as well. God calls men to lead 
their homes. Too many men have silently stood by and allowed their wives or others to lead the home. Guys, God is calling you to be the leader. He is calling you to, now now when I say leader, it doesn't mean a dictatorial, I'm going to tell you how it is leader. He's called us to be servant leaders, that we serve our families as a leader of our family. But nevertheless, Joshua says, it's not just me, my household is also going to follow it. So what would Joshua do? Probably say, family, we are going to church. Family, God is the priority. Family, we are going to do devotions. Family, we are going to serve God together. And instead of staying silent and being apathetic, we make a decision. I will follow the Lord. And we, together as a family, will serve him. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Now, what does he mean? Well, it's not a dictatorial controlling head of, it is a servant, loving, leading leadership role that God has called us to take. Do you know, men, that your kids are watching you? And that your kids are not only watching you, they are learning from you, and they will follow in your footprints. I remember hearing a story about a, a man who was very, very frustrated with his wife. They were having an argument, and the man in anger just stormed out the front door. As he went out the front door, there was a blizzard that was going on, and there was deep snow in the front of the house. And he was stomping, making big tracks in the snow. And then he noticed a little something behind him. Something was going on. And he looked back and he saw that his little four-year-old son had followed him out of the house and was putting his feet into the footprints made by the father. Okay? What is the illustration there? The illustration is your kids are stepping in your footprints. How are you stepping? What are you stepping in? What are they doing as they trail behind you? Be decisive and make a decision. God, I will follow you and there will be no turning back. Number two, the second characteristic, God is looking for men with desire. What does it mean to have desire? That means men who have passion. Men who have a desire, a fire in their hearts for God. Again, not only are men indecisive and not only are men uh, apathetic, but men have lost the passion. And instead of having a passion and a desire, they just go with the flow or they become detached and uninvolved. What does it look like to be a man who has desire? I'm glad you asked that question. Here's here's the answer to that. God is looking for men who have a desire to know the person of God. Paul says this, I want to know him. And I want to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Men, do you just desire to know God like that? I, I, want to, I don't want to just know about him. I don't know, want to know just random facts. I really want to know him. God is looking for men who have the desire to know the person of God. He's looking for men who have a desire to know the plan of God. It's not my plan. God, what is your plan? And help me to be in the center of your will. It says in Psalm 32, verse 8, God says, I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. God, it's not my plan to conquer the world. It's not my plan that I'm trying to come up with. God, what is your plan? 
He's looking for men who have the desire to know the power of God. God, I want to be in the middle of your power. I can't do what I need to do. I can't accomplish what I need to accomplish. I need your power to help me. I've used this illustration before, but it's like guys using power tools. And that's a good Father's Day thing to think about is using power tools. In fact, if you get a Father's Day gift, some of you may get a power tool as a gift. That power tool, if you're going to use that, I I had to use a power tool yesterday in helping my daughter. And I was going to use this drill and the battery was dead. So I have to charge that battery up to be able to use it. God is the battery pack. He is the one who provides the power so that I can be who he wants me to be in this life. To accomplish what he wants me to accomplish. And how do I get charged up? I plug myself into him and he charges me. And I have the power to be able to do what I need to do in life. 1 Peter 1.5, Peter writes this. About people, he says, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It's the power of God at work in our lives. God is also looking for people, men, who have the desire to know the protection of God. Do you know that God is the ultimate protector? God is hardwired into men the desire to protect their wives and their, their, their children. He's desired us to protect our family. But do you know that we can't really? We need God's protection, and a godly man understands that and recognizes it's God who is our protector. Psalm 91.1, the psalmist says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, it's God who provides the protection. So how do you, how do you share that with your family? Guys, do this. I want you to pray for your family. I want you to pray for them daily by name, As often as you think about it throughout the day, you pray for them and you pray for power and protection in their lives. That's what God is looking for. Men who will man up and be decisive and have a desire. He's also looking for men with dedication. Men that have dedication. Job was going through one of the hardest times of life that you can possibly imagine. We have not gone through anything like Job went through. Job was going through something incredible, and yet in the midst of his grief and pain and hurt, Job writes these words, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. God is looking for men who are determined. You know, guys, do any of you have projects that you started, and it lasted about a week or two, and then you just quit on it? Anybody have anything like that? Yes, thank you, Pastor Grant, for sharing that honesty. You may have projects. I had a good friend in a former church who, he was a wonderful carpenter, and he had built the most beautiful kitchen cabinets for his home. Ten years later, he still had not put the doors on the kitchen cabinets that he had built for his home. Incredible carpenter, never got through with what he needed to get through. God is looking for guys who will actually follow through. That you won't just go two weeks and then quit. Two weeks is too hard. You know, you get excited. I'm going to start a new hobby. I'm going to start a new program. I'm going to start a new uh, a career. I'm going to start a new uh, degree I'm going to be working on. And then two weeks later, now nah, it's too hard. I'm going to quit. God is looking for men who will serve him, stand for him, and persevere in him. Do you know that anyone can quit? Anyone can go along with the crowd, but to stand and dare to be different, 
is very, very difficult. And it requires God's help. In the book of Daniel, you had three guys, and you've all heard the story before, so I'm not going to go through the whole story, but you had three guys who were facing a trial. And they were facing a consequence if they didn't go along with the crowd. Their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you've heard the story of them in the fiery furnace. They had been threatened. Either you bow down to the culture and do what the culture says and do what the king says and worship this false idol God, or we're going to throw you in a fiery furnace. And what did they do? They said, absolutely not. We will not bow down. We are determined and we are dedicated to God. And so what happened? Well, here's what it says. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't deliver us, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. God is looking for men of dedication. Number four, God is looking for men with determination. He's looking for decisive men. We will follow the Lord. I will follow the Lord. We will follow the Lord. He's looking for men who have passion and desire. He's looking for men who are dedicated regardless of what happens. And he's looking for men who are determined. Determined to do what? Determined to stay strong in him. Now, we are living in days that are going to get worse. I know that there's a hope that, well, things are just going to get better and life will just get better. It's not. If, if you believe what the word of God says, these are days that are evil and it's going to get worse and it's going to take men who are determined to say, even if I suffer, I will not turn my back on God. Paul says this in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul is saying, nothing in life matters except for the purpose that God has given to me, the call that he has put on my life. And I will not turn my back. I will not walk away. I will not be weak-kneed. I will continue to stay strong in him no matter what comes my way. That's what God is looking for in men who will stand in the gap, men who are decisive, men who have a desire, men who are dedicated, and men who are determined that they will follow God no matter what the cost. Is that you? Are you a man who says, you know what? I'm not going to live on the sidelines I'm not going to be apathetic. I'm not going to just stay silent. I'm going to man up. I'm going to show up. I'm going to love up. I'm going to care. And I'm going to help my family know the Lord. Are you that man? Are you God's man for the world in which we live today? Would you pray with me? 
Father, I pray that this would be not just for men. I, I pray, Father, that this would be also for the women among us as well, that women would have that vital role that they play and that they would be determined in the same way and decisive in the same way and have the same desires. But Lord, I especially pray for men here among us that it seems like for the most part, men have been far too silent, far too apathetic, far too timid, far too much caring about what the world thinks rather than what you think. And I pray, Lord, today that men would stand up and show up and man up for your kingdom's sake. Help us to make a difference in this world this week as we go out of these doors and become the church to the community of Gillette. Lord, be with us now. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Hey, thanks so much for checking out that message from Journey Church. We pray that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to this ministry, be sure to head over to journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your generous contributions allow us to continue making content like this week after week. So thank you for your generosity so that we can keep spreading the message of Jesus Christ all over the internet. Hey, God bless you guys, and thanks for listening to this message.